Welcome to episode three of Talking Shit About, with me, Elizabeth Whipperman, Bachelor of the Arts in English, extremely opinionated, public radio simp, here today, well, by the time this comes out, a couple months, with Zach Thumbs Johnson to talk about The Punisher, but first, I need to talk some shit on myself because... I am re-recording the audio for myself because three out of three times recording these podcast episodes, there have been audio issues and they have all been on my side, yet I have blamed the other party. So this is a call-out post. Post. Um, This isn't even a post, although it is being posted um, to myself because I need to stop doing that. So... It may sound a little inorganic in some places, but uh, it's better than the audio that I had recorded. So, don't forget to subscribe because the show only comes out the first Friday of every month, so you don't want to forget and miss a month's episode. Uh, If you like it, it'll give me serotonin points. And let's see, what else? If you want to be a guest, you can fill out the Google form on the bottom of the page. And I'm going to shut up so we can listen to Zach talk some shit. today sir zachary thumbs johnson of the realm of stygia he is an artist and a podcaster and a husband to the great mama cc zach welcome i'm glad that you added husband in there because one of the things that we talked about possibly doing an episode on is how much i hate the ball and chain jokes so so appropriate um hi beth it's so good to talk to you i missed you so much so utah brought me here to talk about well hatred sort of so zach you are the perfect guest for this episode because you have so many comic books and graphic novels and such an extensive knowledge of them so i'm curious how many you think you have Oh, no, I stopped counting like 15 years ago. Uh, I had several thousand at the time, though. Um, It is it takes up most of my living room. I collect the collected editions. So like the little book ones, not the magazines. And it. There's so many. There was like 50 boxes when we moved. It was awful. Um, But it's also great because I I truly love the medium of comics over over just about anything else, if we're being honest other than my wife. I'm either the perfect guest or the worst guest for this because the entire time I was like giving in to my uh, petty hatred that I'm very good at. I was also trying to be like, okay, let's be fair. Let's look at why people like the Punisher. Yeah, let's dive in. Will you tell us a little bit about your history and relationships to comic books? Yeah, uh, interestingly, when I was a little kid, and I mean like five, six, seven years old i thought comics were stupid and i know it's hard to imagine now um 
And then a babysitter put on Batman Forever and all those bright colors and action to my like seven, eight year old brain was like, this is awesome. And I told my friend Devin at school about it the next day. And he's like, oh, yeah, comics are cool. Here, you can have this old Spider-Man that the cover fell off. And literally, that's one of those moments in my life that I can look at and be like, that changed everything. Uh, and I still have that that comic book. Uh, it's great. It's a web of Spider-Man issue four. But yes, that is the exact, that is, you know, Bruce Wayne becoming Batman, Spider-Man getting bitten by the spider, but with less murdered parental figures. And I dived into everything and I didn't get hugely into it until high school. And that's where I just sort of, I don't even know what happened. I just went from like, yeah, I like comics. I'm pretty, I got a good collection to like, it, it took over my life. And that makes it sound like I have no other hobbies. I have plenty of other hobbies, but like comics are kind of intrinsic to everything I do. Um, you mentioned artists. Most of the artwork I do is comic book based. Most things I read, like sit down and read are all comic books. Uh, most novels are going to go through the audiobook format because who has the time to do both? And I'm a podcaster where I run three that are all nerd related and two of them specifically about comic books. Uh, the long I've been doing longest is called General Nerdery. It is not specifically comic related, but it does, they do come up a lot in that one. It's just whatever nerdy thing we want to talk about. Uh, last week we did Gunpowder Milkshake. We've done Grimjack, who's an obscure 80s comic book character. Uh, I also do Word Balloons, where I answer your nerdy comic book questions, and Noob Island, where we give an in-depth history of a certain facet of comic books. So like our season one that we're working through is a deep dive into the history of how like magic works in Marvel comics. So yeah, they come up, they come up a lot, <laughs> I guess. Well, I started reading comics in the late 90s which was just at the tail end of one of the biggest Punisher crazes. Um, in, in the early 90s, it was, he was running three individual series, which is insane, even for the Punisher. And if you ever wanted the sales of a book to spike for an issue, you would have the Punisher guest star for a few. So while I, at the time, wasn't reading any Punisher books uh, just like any of the solo books, he was appearing in other stuff we had. And while I wasn't a huge fan at the time, I did admit that the skull was pretty cool. Like the, the Punisher design is pretty solid. I'll give it that. And then kind of over time, I like I had a I had a Punisher shirt when the, pun, uh, the first Punisher movie came out, the Thomas Jane one. And then I watched the movie and ugh, that was that was not a good movie or a good comic book movie. But um, I don't think it's even particularly bad. It just kind of exists. Like it, it, it didn't capture the Punisher very well, but it didn't get a, a other movie, like a just normal action movie right either. It just kind of got stuck in between the two ideas. But as, as I got more into comics and more specifically more into the comics community, as I got, you know, older and internet access became a much bigger thing than it was in the dial-up days that I started. Uh, I started encountering Punisher fans. And I don't think anything has made me 
get turned off on the character of the Punisher faster than a lot of Punisher fans online. I'm a huge Star Trek fan, for example, but Star Trek fans are awful. Of at least too many of them who are like, oh no, Star Trek's all woke today. And I'm like, what have you been watching since the 60s? And that's just true of, of any fandom, I think. Uh, before I guess I dive into my why the Punisher became problematic, I thought a little bit of backstory on the history of the Punisher would help put some context into it. The because the creator of the Punisher is a man named Gary Conway, and he has been very active on his opinions about what has happened with the Punisher, or more specifically, Punisher fans. Uh, he paid multiple artists to recreate the Punisher symbol as a support of Black Lives Matter symbol and uh, donated a bunch of money to charity after selling those symbols on like t-shirts and stuff uh, to the Black Lives Matter movement. Uh, so the Punisher first appeared and I'm looking this up because I'm really good at most things, but not numbers, not like, oh, if, you know, in this case, he first appears in Spider-Man. I had this right in front of me, so of course now I can't find it. Uh, the Amazing Spider-Man 129 by Gary Conway and artist Ross Andrew. Uh, however, he was first designed like the iconic skull thing by artist John Romita Sr., who is kind of one of the undersung heroes of comic books. Um, I will say as much as I just said that that skull is absolute fire and that I like his costume quite a bit, it is a huge ripoff of an older character named the Black Terror, who is pretty much redesigned the Punisher to look more like a pirate. And there you have the Black Terror's look. Um, it's so good. It's so dumb, but it's so good. Uh, the Punisher, when he first appears, is a Vietnam vet because this was, you know, the 70s, who is unhinged and is obsessed with the idea of taking down crime in honorable combat. He gets recruited by a Spider-Man villain known as the Jackal, who I think this was the first appearance of the Jackal as well. Um, but don't quote me on that. But at the time, the Jackal appearing was a much bigger deal than this throwaway character. Uh, to hunt down Spider-Man because the Jackal tricks the Punisher into thinking Spider-Man is a bad guy. In this, part of the reason he turns on the Jackal is the reason or he realizes that Spider-Man is not a bad guy and that the Jackal was doing duplicitous tricks. Punisher was all about killing people, but it had to be face-to-face. -face. There was no, you know, bombing a bar, which is the kind of stuff that he would do later on in his career. And this was expected to just kind of be a one-off appearance, maybe a rise here and there. But he was, he had a fan base in some of the lower level Marvel creator community, uh, including a guy named Stephen Grant, who fought for years to get a Punisher series and was really the only reason we know who the Punisher is today. When he first started, they were like, okay, well, we'll let you do this Punisher series, but it is on your head if it does badly. Like, this is all your fault if it goes wrong. And it took off in the 80s, partly because of, you know, Stephen Grant is a very good writer, partly because a lot of big name artists who would be huge later on got early runs on that. It was just, it was a very 80s 
action book too. I mean, it was the Punisher driving around in a creeper van with a bunch of guns, originally fighting the mafia. They called it the Magia because they didn't want to piss off the mafia, but it, it was the mafia. But it was his early thing was mostly taking out gangsters, which I, if we're going to have the Punisher, having him take on like white collar organized crime is something I'm much more into. In the 90s, uh, they kind of transitioned because this is what the community was fearing in the day to a much more the Punisher taking on, you know, Crips and Bloods, the gangbangers kind of set up. And unfortunately to me, this is where the Punisher becomes extremely racist as a concept because it is a pretty conservative, unhinged, toxic masculinity, uh, right-wing man, white man, going into poorer neighborhoods, urban neighborhoods, and murdering a bunch of Black and Latino kids. And I don't think they intended to necessarily do that, but you read some of those, read some Punisher comics where he takes on, like, gangbangers, and you're like, oh... Oh, no wonder the far right got super attached to this character. Now, I should say there was a lot of debate about whether this is a symbol worth kind of reclaiming. Um, and I'm of two minds about it, but I'm always two minds about the idea of symbol reclamation because it's a complicated and difficult subject. Um, back to some earlier Punisher stuff. In the 90s, as I said earlier, if you wanted your book to sell, you had the Punisher appear in it and admittedly these stories to this day they're never deep but they're they tend to be fun stories because it's almost always the most ridiculous character that the punisher is meeting and so it's you know guys like night thrasher who had a bulletproof skateboard that was part of his crime fighting repertoire and watching the punisher like go between kind of making fun of that concept and then being like oh crap that's actually really useful do I need a bulletproof skateboard was was an enjoyable way to do the Punisher because in my opinion, Punisher works best when you don't take him seriously or you only partly take him seriously. Now, this is a big thing about me and comics. Anyways, I, I have never been overly into the grim and gritty uh, I, I, on anything. Uh, I heard a quote recently that stuck with me that was uh, in in times as dark as what we're going through, being happy is radical. And so I'm much more into the concept of, you know, comic books as fairy tales or uh, uh, ancient legend as opposed to, and then we murdered a bunch of people and we're going to put six panels into showing him cutting this dude's head off. It's just how I roll. In the mid nineties, the Punisher hit a major slump point to the point that they canceled all three of the series and spent a while trying to figure out new things to do with him. And almost none of these things were good, but I applaud them for trying new things. He became a gang leader for a while. He was then murdered and sent back to earth by heaven to fight demons using weird heaven, like glowing heaven guns. And it is, I've never been able to read this series. I have always wanted to. I am told it is quite bad. But there is something appealing about watching comics go as off the rails as the Punisher is killing demons for he for heaven. 
Isn't that just the plot of Constantine for my fellow normies, the one with Keanu Reeves? Yeah, but like actual supernatural as opposed to just poor black kids who would be better served by like, I don't know, voting rights. And then in the early 2000s, when they realized these weren't working, they gave the book to Garth Ennis and Steve Dillon, who wrote the book Welcome Back, Frank, which... Every story about the Punisher since then, or almost every story, has pretty much tried to model itself off Welcome Back, Frank. It brought him to a whole new level of murder. This is where he starts actually, like, torturing people more often in the comics. It gets really violent. It gets really intense. I will give it credit. It is probably the best Punisher story ever written. (sighs) I don't own it for the very specific reason of any time I read it, I was like, this is really good, but I don't feel good about myself when I'm done reading this. And this is one of those things where an artist or a creator will try to send a message and everyone will miss the point of the message because he was under the, uh, Garth Ennis was under the opinion that the only way that you can do a good Punisher story is if you don't, make him a hero he needs to be an irredeemable killer but one with a very specific like goals and targets um but dylan wrote punisher as this kind of unforgivable rigid murderer who should not be emulated so of course all the wrong people started buying this book and being like we should emulate him all of the police officers who think that the answer is just to be harder, just to be more tough on crime, started going, oh, this Punisher guy, the alt-right, which didn't quite exist yet, but, you know, the, the, the far right, the, the fucking neckbeards, let's just be out with it, the fucking neckbeards who drive me nuts and who hate, make me hate the comic community sometimes, all went, oh, yeah, you know, like, childhood is liking batman and adulthood is realizing the punisher's where it's at like no man at least the batman does stuff like there's real conversations to be had about billionaires and about how so much batman could do so much more good by donating more money towards good causes than he would like punching people dressed as a bat but at least there's still you know millions of dollars going into like free hospitals and stuff that bruce wayne does as well while punisher is just wait i'm sorry furry hospitals no free free hospitals not 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 money (laughs) it is a free hospital but everyone in it is dressed like a bat and you just have to roll with it but the punisher is literally just here is a guy with guns who decides to go kill people we have seen what that is in real life That's not a, that's the Zodiac killer. Like, that's not a good thing. And on one hand, I get it. I have listened to my fair share of murder podcasts. Um, But on the other, but on, on the other hand, it's fucking creepy. And okay. On my personal thing, someone I knew, but not knew well recently was killed in a gun violence incident. So my opinions on this part are a little raw at the moment, even though I didn't admittedly like the guy. I am not anti-gun. You and I have shot guns together. I had fun shooting guns with you. Like, that was a good time. 
I am very against the romanticization of guns and murder and violence. I just, I just don't get it. I don't like it. I don't, if you're going to have a gun, have a gun. Fucking great. Practice safety. Know what you're doing. Don't go marching down the fucking Safeway with an AK-47 attached to you. You don't look cool. You're not making anybody safer. You're just an asshole. Um, And the problem is it all traces back. I think most of my hatred of the Punisher and most of the issues, it, it traces back to toxic masculinity. And the Punisher is sort of toxic masculinity, the character. And he doesn't have to be is the problem. There are so many interesting things you could do with this damaged, overly violent character. But fuck, like two therapy sessions could fix most of Frank's issues. See, that's why I actually really liked the 2004 movie. I rewatched it semi-recently because of his relationship with his roommates and, you know, the like token female character. It's it's complicated, but he has obviously emotional depth, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and those characters are actually based off characters from that book I was talking about earlier, Welcome Back, Frank, by Ennis and Dylan. And I actually prefer them in the movie because he makes an effort to be human to them as opposed to just they exist and he shuts the door in their faces a bunch. Like, it's... Eh. It also fits into some of my problems with Batman, although I do like Batman as a character of, for fuck's sake, just go to therapy for like 20 minutes and we could solve most of the problems that you get yourself into. We could do much more good if you stopped self-sabotaging yourself every four seconds. If that, if you can buy either Batman or Punisher, but like if you can buy as much plastic explosives as he seems to go through, then you can fucking afford three hours with Dr. Janine every other Thursday, like whatever. Yeah, we need to talk about the environmental damage that Batman does, like all of the plastic that he wastes from his like armor and his like little batarangs, uh, all the emissions from his crazy ass vehicles. Dude, that's... That's something he needs to check himself on. You know, <laughs> I never thought about that before, but you're right. The environmental damage he's got is uh, just got to be so much. He has burned down so many things. So many things. As I said, I like Batman, but he does have his problematic stuff. Um, the biggest breaking point for the Punisher for me, though, was i mean it started with the unite the right in charlottesville rally rage fucking riot whatever the fuck we want to call it where nazis were openly wearing punisher skulls and that's when i went oh man i don't know if this character can be saved uh but the real breaker was for me at least was the january 6th insurrection and seeing it super prevalent there and i'm like okay I think it's just time to retire this character. I just think maybe not even permanently, but like it is just, I see the skull and I don't even think of Marvel comics first anymore. I think of people attempting to overthrow democracy. I think of people screaming racial slurs. Like it's just Marvel will try and do these things of like Punisher stories where the Punisher gets mad at people misappropriating a symbol, but then he immediately goes back to murder. And so, 
it makes it hard for those those messages to land for me. Yeah, you see a lot of variations of the skull in my county. The majority of them are thin blue line or don't take mad guns, etc. The bizarre one that I see in the Bitterroot is the Punisher skull with Trump's toupee on top of it. And it's the most unnerving fucking thing I have possibly ever seen. We should probably talk about the Netflix Punisher series. Is that still going on? Uh, yeah, no, it had two seasons and there's been rumors of, I can't think of that actor's name and credit to him. Um, I never watched the TV show, but I did watch his appearances in the Daredevil TV show. Credit to him. He did a hell of a job of making a compelling character and it's not going anymore, but there's been talks about bringing that actor, John Bernenthal is his name, um, into the Marvel universe proper to do more with him. And if you're going to do Punisher, he's a good choice for it. And it's kind of the ultimate problem. It's not that it's not a compelling character. It's not that you can't tell good stories with it. It's that it has been so co-opted by problematic aspects that it has transformed the Punisher from someone that I went, oh, it's a little too bleak for me, but I get it to like, no, fucking be done with this character. I get why it is compelling to look at damaged characters. And I even get why some people start to idolize them because when you're damaged yourself to whatever level, it can be appealing to see someone who is damaged and be like, no, see, they're making it work. But I keep thinking of this quote from Doctor Who, which is another one that people either love or hate. And I get both sides of the argument, though I love it myself, of uh, talking about the doctor as someone who has gone through so much pain and sorrow and heartbreak and seen all these terrible things. But what it did is it made him kind. The idea of uh, instead of going through all of this pain and sorrow and tragedy and deciding that you're going to pay it all back to other people who do similar things, it is way more interesting to me. And this can be Doctor Who, this can be Superman, this can be Spider-Man, this can be Nightwing, this can be characters who aren't genre superheroes. But still, uh, take that tragedy and make sure no one else has to feel it. Make the world a better place instead of just giving into that darkness will always be a more interesting story to me. That's Ravenhole's shtick in Teen Titans, right? Is she's dark and she's broody and that's who she is, but she doesn't give in to that real darkness of wanting or the urge to hurt others, you know? Oh yeah, we were talking about that. I oh, I love team. I mean, the Titans just in general are probably my favorite super team, but that cartoon was so wild and it it's it actually shows a lot of the things that I'm talking about. The Robin in there, Dick Grayson is goes through darkness. He watches his family get murdered in front of him, but instead of just deciding to become a murder happy vigilante, he decides that he's going to save people. Yeah, you can brood sometimes. You can have darkness without giving in to darkness. I think that's why I resonated so strongly with Jessica Jones, especially because of the mental and physical place I was at when I was watching it. Um, she, again, kind of like Raven, you know, is angry and just cannot control these emotions 
but she tries, you know, and tries to channel that energy into helping others, um, even if she's standoffish and, you know, aggressive. Like, these are things I've been told I am. It sucks, but it is what it is, you know, and you just try to do better. But yeah, that, whew, that show. God, that first season of Jessica Jones fucked me up, but man, it was good. Um, uh, the actor is David Tennant. The character is something Kilgrave. His, his in-comic name is The Purple Man, and they kind of wisely chose to not use that in the TV show. God, David Tennant was creepy and awful in that show. I mean, it's worth watching, and it does play the line of, like, do I want to give into the darkness or not, in a way that the Punisher never bothers to do, really. Or, like, when it pretends to, its answer always seems to be giving into the darkness is the right way to go. So, the demographics of people who play violent video games or watch, you know, shows with violence are balanced by gender generally by race as well, um, yet we see violence predominantly in these young white men, and they gravitate towards violent media, right? And youth especially are extremely susceptible to emulating what they see, and if their intake is this aggressive, you know, masculine character without mercy and, you know, he's violent and they don't have the emotional, critical thinking skills to take a step back and be like, oh, no, this is just for funsies, you know, this isn't um, somebody I should think is good or is doing something right. The Punisher is 100% used to radicalize people. And I, I want to be careful with how I say that because I am I am not accusing any of the creative teams that have worked, well, most of them, Chuck Dixon maybe, but uh, the, who have worked on The Punisher because they tend to be horrified when people are, pick up on the wrong message and they'd be like, no, stop it. That's, that's not what we were saying. Um, but people, you know, Nazis, let's be real fucking honest, Nazis are taking the symbol of the Punisher and people and starting with like, oh no, we just think like we relate to him. Oh, that skull is really cool. And they are slowly pulling people in. It's the same way with uh, what's hap what happened with Pepe the Frog. No, it's not racist. We're just doing this like charming stoner frog meme. And in the same way, the creator of Pepe was being like, no, stop it. What's going on? If I'm going to watch something, even if it's an action movie or if I'm going to read something, I would much, even if it's violent, I would much rather the final lesson be be kind, be nice, try to help fellow people as opposed to guns are cool, which is probably why my all-time favorite Punisher story is only kind of apocryphally Punisher. Um, there was a character created in the 90s called Outlaw who was known as the British Punisher. Uh, and he was just a black kid from the streets of London who decided to emulate the Punisher and Frank Castle decided to let him. And then he was forgot about for years because it turns out Punisher 2 Electric Boogaloo was not 
overly exciting as a book, but a comic creator named Al Ewing, who I'm a big fan of, uh, was given a book called Contest of Champions, which is admittedly a tie-in book to a really awful mobile game, but the book itself was really good. And in it, he brings in uh, Outlaw again, but with the really interesting idea of the Outlaw has, at this point, rejected the Punisher's message. Not that he doesn't get where Frank is coming from, not where, that he even dislikes Frank, but that he was doing his Outlaw Punisher thing, and he saw that it wasn't helping people, that it was punishing the wrong people, particularly in modern day where they're taking on like street gangs and stuff because he's seeing that if you really want to help these people, they need housing, they need food, they need real opportunities for advancement, not punishing them for taking on crime when crime is the only thing that offers them any chance of upward mobility. Uh, and it starts with him just using guns with rubber bullets and then entirely abandoning guns and basically trying to figure out how to be a superhero, be a vigilante, not a superhero, he doesn't have powers, but uh, without the violence. And it was the most compelling Punisher story I've ever read. I am all for radical kindness. So, and I want my heroes to inspire me to do better. Just in general. It's, it's the same reason that I don't have a lot of time for Venom. Although I admit they've done interesting things to the character. I don't have, I have zero time for Carnage, who they've never tried to make a hero. I will grant them that. But like, killing is easy. It doesn't interest me. And I think at the end of the day, that's just my issue with the Punisher. Let's say you have a racist uncle or cousin and they come over and they're wearing a Punisher shirt and, you know, it's got thin blue line or something on it. What would you say to them? That's a good question. I'm not really sure because the people that I have the hardest time with the people who I think get the message wrong tend to have a very different worldview from me. So all of the stuff, you know, the unintentional racism, the killing is bad, which I don't think should be a like controversial statement, but I know plenty of people who are super pro death penalty. So apparently I'm just letting all my feelings out. Um, so I don't know how to convince someone who already thinks we should be hanging people for treason. The, 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 the thinks it's okay for the state to kill people. So I don't know how to convince them that it's okay for not the state to kill people. Um, I, have, I have struggled with this because I do think there is value in, in people that help people get out of hate groups, for example, in people who infiltrate the KKK or help people bring out, come out of the Proud Boys or fucking whoever. I, I really do see the value of that, but I am not someone who is good at it, who could do it, because I just get so angry. Like, I don't know how to convince you that, it, that you should care about other people. It's a, a thing I see said online a lot, but like, damn, that connected with me the first time I read it. And the closest I can get is a few cases that I can point at where even the Punisher is like, no, you should not become me. 
I am not, I am not someone to idealize. I am not something to aim towards. I am my own kind of broken shit. And, and we should be trying to make less me's than rather than more me's. Uh, and anytime we have the Punisher like team up with someone and then they walk away from his lifestyle, that's the stuff I'm more into. I wish I was better at being kind to, and I'm not saying everyone should think this way, and I'm not saying everyone should have to do this, but like to white supremacists, because I wish I could be better as someone with the privilege of they don't think I'm subhuman, to to try and talk them away from that kind of worldview and i don't know if that really answered your question but also also just fuck the alt-right i'm sorry i'm just getting that out there they i get i get so bad (laughs) so what reading suggestions do you have for our listeners who like the punisher or are looking for something similar to the punisher um yeah, I'm going to recommend Contest of Champions, the one I mentioned earlier with Outlaw. It's kind of a weird convoluted story, but there is uh, the the Outlaw's character arc over it is super compelling. And there is other versions of the Punisher in that story to really kind of drive home how bad things can get. The problem is when I think of like characters similar to the Punisher, there's so many punisher clones of like angry man with gun which is definitely not a kind of story that i would like to recommend as much there's some really bad deadpool stories i should say but there's some really good deadpool stuff and even places where he is wrong and fucked up and absolutely abusive to the people around him but there is still like emotional growth that happens through it um the original Deadpool ongoing series by Joe Kelly and Ed McGinnis started with Deadpool as a straight up sadist. But a big point of that story was Deadpool healing from some of his tragedy and while still being a like weird gun happy mercenary learning that he can be more than that in the same way uh the spider-man deadpool team-up series it's just literally called spider-man deadpool i i was so ready to hate that book and it was so good because it was just it was deadpool admitting that he thinks spider-man is a better person than him and not wanting to be the broken damaged angry murder happy person that he has been so spending time with spider-man to try and heal to try to to learn to be more than that and it's a message i am super into um also almost any story with nightwing because nightwing went through as we said at least as much tragedy uh as as frank castle but managed it without without being a dick um and then for recommendations uh, the DC Rebirth, I can't think of who those creators are, but if you look at DC Rebirth Nightwing, it's a very good run. And the current run by Tom Taylor is supposed to be excellent. And I'm willing to recommend it just on the strength of Tom Taylor alone before even having read it, because he's such a good writer. And he gets the kind of, I can do dark stories, but I can tell stories about kindness in 
in those dark stories. All right. Time to self-promote. Where can people find more about you and your work? Yes. Um, let's see. I just launched a Patreon last week. It is... Uh, um, just look up Thumbs J on Patreon. It's all one word. Uh, you can find the art that I am showing for free, which is a lot of it, uh, on Thumbs Up, the art of Zach Johnson. And I am on three of the five podcasts in the Earverm Network. Um, that is E-A-R-V-V-Y-R-M. And you can find them on, they're all on Spotify, Audible, pretty much anywhere you find podcasts. Those are General Nerdery, Word Balloons, and New Island. Thank you so much for this conversation. This was great. I, I was a little worried coming in to yell about things, but then we actually got to turn it into some fun conversations. So um, I love this and I love you. Love you too, Zach.